Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. If you want to get your Bibles ready to Matthew chapter 6, that's where we're going to start and land tonight. We are going to take a couple of field trips, maybe maybe four field trips. That's kind of uh, exciting for those of you that like to get around into the Word. You know, I, I never thought I'd hear myself say these words, but I have a personal trainer. I know. It's like I, I never thought I'd say those words. And so I was actually thinking about, because today was leg day, so I'm like, if you see me squirming around a little bit. I'm I'm super sore today. But this morning, I was thinking as I was waiting for, his name is Chris, and as I was waiting for him to uh, get ready, um, I thought, I wonder what I would think if he uh, just chit-chatted with me most of the time that we had together. And then in the last couple of minutes, he's like, ah, just just go and do this one exercise. I would probably be very disappointed because, well, not only because I pay, but I want to learn things and I want to get stronger. So I hope that that, and I was actually thinking about Bible study while I was waiting uh, for him and thinking, you know what? Um, I hope none of you are, are have been looking for a, uh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna kind of chit chat for most of the time and see how everybody's doing and just talk about unimportant stuff. And then I'll just throw out a little bit of scripture here at the end. I am going to assume that you are here online or watching it later online because you, uh, you want to learn something and you want to, uh, work those spiritual muscles and maybe, maybe you might be, maybe, oh, like me, be a little bit sore tomorrow, uh, from having used our time wisely. So I love to dig into the word of God. So I hope that you do too. So we are just going to go and whoosh, dive right in. So let, let's pray together and then, uh, we're going to have a good workout tonight. So let's, let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for being uh, present with us uh, at the end of this Monday. And we just ask, Lord, we've we've all had different kinds of days and different kinds of experiences, and we just ask that you draw us together now, that it, it is you who illuminate the scriptures. And we ask that you would do that, Lord. Um, speak through me to do that. Um, even as people are, are reading the word and on some of our little field trips tonight, that you would uh, whisper things to each person, even as we're studying. It could be like an aha or, oh, I didn't realize that, or this is new, or making connections, something, Lord, uh, because that is what you want to do. You want to teach us, and, and we're so excited that we get to do that together. And so be present with us in all of our different places that we're doing this, um, and and just move the way that you want to move. And we thank you so much, Lord, Um for being with us, for never leaving us, and showing us uh, how to add to our prayer life with you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, welcome to my, this is my home office, so welcome all of you. I don't know where you all are doing your Bible study tonight, 
but I'm glad that you are with me. So um, we're halfway through, and we have been studying the Lord's Prayer. We're going to continue to do that this evening. We have been, I sort of in, in the very first week, broke it into the, the structure was actually similar to, and I've looked at it two different weeks. We're not going to look at that tonight, the Ten Commandments, but broken in structure the same way, starting out with things about God and then focusing on things about us. So the first two weeks, we talked about things about God. And it's not that we're not going to talk about God now, but we're going to talk about some things about us as well. So let me, let me just do a little bit of a review as we, as we move into a different phase of this prayer. And so one of the things you want to do when you read a passage of scripture, not just this one, but any passage of scripture, you don't want to just read it and interpret it all the way through. Oh, this is, this is, this is just how I think. Um, and so how I see it and, and just stop right there. One of the great things to do that I love to do is especially the red words where now I'm actually use a Bible now that doesn't have the red words anymore. I have to kind of know that this is Jesus talking, but a lot of you probably have those Bibles where uh, the words Jesus spoke are in red. But I love to think about what was Jesus thinking when he, when he said these words about prayer, what, what was going through his mind and, and being the, the absolute master uh, wordsmith, that he could say things that meant so many different things and tied so many things together. He he never misspoke a word. Everything he says uh, is important. And so as as we kind of are, you know, we've been digging in this for a couple weeks now. We've got a couple weeks to go. And so you've probably been thinking about these words some. You know, we start to go, why why these particular words and what what is Jesus really trying to tell us? And if we look at all of it, what does he, what, what does he want to focus on? And it goes back to the very beginning. And so what he wants to focus on, there, there's so many things, elaborate things about our Christian walk that are important. But the number one thing, the number one thing that is going to affect all the other things we do is intimacy. To have an intimate relationship with him. Now that, that kind of sound, that, that word, we're like, well, you only use that in certain circles and it only means certain things. No, that's not true. He, and he wants intimacy with us and wants us to have it with him. And so he's, he's always drawing us toward himself because if, if we can get this relationship with him, to a very deep, deep place within ourselves, the the intimate places. If we can let him come into the intimate places and we can in turn enter into the intimate places of Jesus, all the other things are going to start to line up and make sense, which is why it, it starts out, which is why the Bible is very consistent and we begin with God. That's where we want to start. Now we have been keeping a list. This was, this was sort of the big list that was going to run through the whole Bible study of relationship truths. If, if this prayer is about, um, clues or truths 
or advice, I use all those words, into our intimate relationship with Jesus, then we want to keep a list of what those things are. So I'm just going to, for those of you that might be tuning in now, and just by way of review, I'm going to go over the, the, the relationship truths that we've sort of gleaned out so far. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to do them in the order that I, I'm not going to explain them all. You can go back and watch previous uh, portions of the study if you missed those, but I am going to say what they are. So these are the relationship truths thus far we have uh, gleaned. Uh, it starts with him. There's already relationship. We are part of a body or a family. You are not alone. It's a real relationship. God is always, and God is consistent. Honor all of him with all of you. And the one we ended on last week, yield. Let him do what he wants to do in you. Those are the components of an intimate relationship. And how do we express our intimate relationship? It it is this prayer life. It is not supposed to be just this ritual thing that we are afraid of or seems so formal that we're going to do the wrong thing and he's going to be mad at us. No, no, no. All of these things, and, and I believe this prayer is about intimacy with him. And there's nothing greater in this world or the world to come than to have an intimate relationship with him. Now, I, I have talked about um, the consistency that I did that the first week. And I did a little bit last week. The consistency in the word of God of how God comes first. And the reason for that, I talked about that last week. The reason for that is is not because um, he is insecure and needs all the attention. He, he's doing that for us. It's It's the same idea. If we have an intimate relationship with him first, other things are going to order well in our lives, our marriages, our relationships with everybody else, how we function in the world, how we do our jobs, how we do our ministry. All of that is going to coordinate around putting him first, having that your first, first love of, of all the loves in the world. It is a relationship with him that is going to be the one that starts everything working in our lives. Now, I saved one place. We're just going to kind of review that, that, that it's very consistent in the word that God comes first. And so I saved one field trip that we are going to take here in just a minute. And it's really interesting because I, I, um, I love to go to, um, to bookstores, especially used bookstores and, uh, last week I wanted to go out and I, I went up to a used bookstore in Bristol and I poked around and I found this, um, I have it, I have it right here. Um, this little tiny book by E. Stanley Jones called Christian Maturity from, it smells really old, um, from like the, the 1940s and I, I've been loving it, but one of the places he has taken me all week because it's a, it's, broken down in devotional form. So all this past week, I've been in this particular scripture that we are going to go to in just a minute. And then 
I I love when God does this. And and if you don't think He's talking to you, you just need to you just need to open your eyes a little bit bigger, or look, or listen a little bit more because He will repeat Himself. And so I went to a half day retreat on Saturday, and this particular scripture was what uh, my friend Susan taught on. And I so love when he does things like that, when he when he's going, Chris, I'm, I'm trying to get your attention. And so I was like, I, I'm paying attention, Lord, and I'm seeing how all this is fitting in. So this is our field trip that's going to kind of close out this section where God comes first. And so if you will, we're going to stay in Matthew. So put something, we're coming right back. Uh, to this passage, but we're going to stay in Matthew. If you will flip over to Matthew chapter 22, not too many pages away, and I didn't look mine up ahead of time, so I'm flipping to Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. Now, this is in all the synoptic gospels. Um, I I chose to just stay in Matthew for it, but you can find it uh, in, in Mark and Luke as well. Uh, so this is Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Now see the consistency of scripture here where God says, I need to be first and, and there's a reason for that. So let's listen. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the, the Pharisees got together and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So you see the consistency here in, you know, very, very familiar passages. Um, love God. He could have said, love people, uh, and, and love me, but he said, love the Lord your God, and he names all of, all of our parts, right? He says, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So, so all, with all that you are, do that. That's exactly what he's saying in the Lord's Prayer. Do, do these things. Have, have come close to me first. It, it, it's going to pave the way for everything else. But then he goes on and he says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now I've seen, uh, lots of, uh, mission statements and sort of, um, subtitles or, or uh, catchphrases that churches use and they'll say, love God, love people. It's a, it's a, it's a squeezed in abbreviation way, but there's a problem if you don't add the part in love your neighbor as who? As yourself. So, so what is Jesus saying? There's, there's really three parts then. Love God, love your neighbor, Love yourself because you're only going to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And we're like, Oh, well, that last part is kind of a toughie. And so he said these things and he, he, he dropped this would, this would have been, if he had had a microphone, this would have been a huge mic drop moment to say this to the smarty smarts of the law. 
And I think that we get hung up with love people like we love ourselves because we're, we're not good at that. We're not good at loving ourselves. Loving ourselves does not mean I do everything I want for me. It's not necessarily a selfish thing. It's supposed to be a very godly thing. But we're only going to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. And I think as Jesus walked around and did ministry and continued to learn about human nature, he took it to an even deeper level than that. And so we're going to, we're going to, as part of this field trip, we're going to go to one more place. We're not going to come back to this passage. We're going to go back to, uh, after we go, we're going to go to the gospel of John and then we're going to go back to the Lord's prayer. But if you'll turn to John chapter 15, John chapter 15, verse 12, John 15, 12. So Jesus saw that sometimes people, okay, we're trying maybe to love him and then we're trying to love their neighbors, but only to the level that they love themselves. Cause that's as far as your love is going to go. If you hate yourself, you're going to be pretty hateful to other people. If you, uh, if there's something you really don't like about yourself, you're not going to like that in other people either. I think he saw this and he was like, I, I've got to, I've got to drop, I dropped the mic. Now I got to drop the hammer. And he does that. In uh, John 15, 12, this is the only place that we hear this dialogue on the vine and the branches is in the gospel of John. I told you that this gospel is different than the three synoptics, which are which are very much more summary. John went in a very different direction. I love that because we get different uh, um, textual uh, renderings of Jesus here than we got in the other gospels. And so in I'm not going to read all of the vine and the branches, some of my favorite scripture but we're just going to look at verse 12 and he said my command is this so this is where he doubles down and he says love each other as i have loved you now now why would he say those two different things i think he saw he was right and he said love your neighbor as yourself and he saw that we weren't doing a very good job of that and he doubled down and he said okay Love each other as I have loved you. Use the example of how I have loved you. And that's how to love other people. So you see the very much the consistency here in scripture that the Lord is always going to speak about putting him first. And it's for a particular reason. If you can learn how to love me, if you can learn how to learn how I love you, then you are going to love other people better. That's why he is at the beginning. That's why uh, we start with him. That's why he has to be our first love. Um, and that's what that sort of closes out. We're going to go right back now to, to the Lord's prayer. That kind of closes out. There, there's other examples, but I just wanted to, to pull in one more for you that is like scripture lines up. Scripture always is going to line up. It, it's not going to contradict itself because God doesn't contradict himself. So tonight we're going to move away. Not, I hate to say away from because we're not moving away from God. But I have sort of um, 
we have worked that particular weight as much as I can in a couple of weeks about putting him first, about, about setting these, um, these relationship truths and that Jesus put them first. But now we're going to move in a different direction in this particular prayer. And we're only going to tonight, we are going to just stay on verse 11, only verse 11. So that says, give us today our daily bread. Give us, give us today our daily bread. That's as far as we're going to go. And I know that there, there's some more stuff and I am going to finish this next week. So I, I, I debated some things out and I've looked at some things and, um, those two, the, the last two are going to fit together better for next week. And you, you may be saying, um, you know, gosh, it's only, uh, it's only 10 till seven. Are we, are we going to get out super early tonight? No, we're, no, we're, we're oh, we're just war- getting warmed up. Um, well, how are you going to talk about give us today our daily bread for another hour? Um, because that one, it, it's sort of when we just look at it, it's like a no brainer. It's like, I, I sort of get that one. I, I need bread. Give it to me today. Uh, I understand that. But again, remember what I said at the top that we don't just want to read like we read other books. When you read other books, now, now there's some other books that I still, I, I'm a slow reader because I, I like to linger over thoughts and things. Um, there are other books that you're going to spend some time with, but, but not like the Bible. The Bible, you don't want to just read it and go, Oh, yeah. Okay. Just kind of blow right on. Go to the next thing. I, I, I know what that means. What did Jesus mean? And Jesus, did he only mean one thing? Because when Jesus spoke words out of his mouth, because he was God, so he knew that we were going to sit here on, I don't know, what is the date? April 17th, 2023, we were going to sit here tonight and we were going to look at this very thing. And he knew that. And he knows all the other times people have looked at it. And he's like, I got a whole lot to say here. So although it's just a few simple words, we're actually going to break them down into, into a little bit more of a, of a base form. Does that kind of make sense to you? I hope. So here's the, here's the breakdown. We're going to look at the word give. We're going to look at the word us and our, because we, we've moved now, right? We did the first portion of this prayer where it was, um, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. We were talking about God, and now we're moving to a place where it's us and our. So we're going to talk about us and our, and then... If you've, if you've done Bible study with me before, you know that I get super excited when there's a repeat of something. When you're reading a passage and something is said and then something either exactly like it or almost exactly like it is said again, it's like, oh, is the author, and in this case, Jesus, is he trying to, to tell us something when he does a repeat? And he does a repeat right here because just in these few words, so we're going to look at the word today slash daily because both of those are in here. Now, as I was reading this, give us today our daily bread. 
Now, it would make sense if you read it. Give us our daily bread. Or if you said, give us today our bread. But Jesus, Jesus uses two words here. Give us today our daily bread. Is he trying to emphasize something here? I think so. I think we're gonna, we're gonna look at that one too. We're also gonna look at the word bread. Okay. So we're gonna look at those and see if, if Jesus is saying more than just, I'm hungry, give me something to eat. That's, that's in there too. We can read that, but we have a tendency to do that. And so that's why I wanted to take, I'm not teaching you everything about prayer. Good grief. I couldn't do that in a month. I couldn't do that in 10 years. But about this prayer, let's just linger over a few words and see if we can look inside the mind of Jesus and look inside the heart of Jesus. What might he be saying to us beyond, give me something to eat? So when we look at that first word, give, if you ask somebody to give you something, I just use the word, you have to ask. You have to ask for something saying, give, give us this day or daily bread is, is asking. Now, right off the bat, that's a toughie because how many of us like to ask somebody else for something? There, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know who all is, is on here and eventually is going to watch this. Um, so there may be there may be a couple of you that are like I I love asking people for stuff, but I'm I'm gonna because I I have been a studier of human nature for so long and I'm I I'm a human being too. Don't make any comments there. Um, and I've studied myself. We don't like to ask other people for anything, and we're almost as horrified. When somebody says, I would like to do this for you, and they offer, we're still like, but to ask somebody for something, what what does that take? What does that make us? It makes us needy. And some of you are like, oh, not not that. I don't don't want to be needy. I want to be independent. I want to be able to take care of myself. Uh, I don't want to depend on anybody else. I mean, you're, you, maybe you're feeling all the feels of, of when I said, Jesus is talking here about boys and girls, my brothers and sisters, get over yourselves because you're going to have to ask. And to ask means that you need. And to need means that you're not independent and in control. And we like to be both of those things, don't we? If we're, if, if we're going to be honest here and let's just, now I, I realize it's easier for some of you that might be doing Bible study by yourself to be honest. If you're in a room full of people, you might be like, I don't want to, I don't want to say that, but yeah, it's true. I've just come out of a season where I had to have a whole bunch of people do a whole bunch of things for me. 
it was not comfortable for me either. And uh, I, I'm not sure that I asked for too many things. I, I, I had to ask for a couple of things. I had to let people do things for me. Um, and, and that was, I'll just be honest with you, it felt awkward. Uh, and, and I'm not sure I liked being needy, but I was. And so Jesus could have said these words any way he wanted to, but he's like, you're going to have to ask for something and you're going to have to ask for something because you need something. And so there, there comes a point, And so I think that that's part of this is when it says give, because, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump ahead to the rest of it just for a second. I wasn't going to, but I am for a second. Um, so the first thing we ask for is we're like give in verse 11 and verse 12, we're like forgive, which is asking and lead us not is asking. So it's ask, ask, ask. Need, need, need. Now see if we, if we went into that cold, if Jesus had written this or spoke it differently and we started out with that, it would have been an entirely different thing. It would have been like a lot of people do with their prayer lives, which is um, the genie in the lamp. So you get to make my hand be the little lamp here, and you're like, mm, I want these three wishes. I want this. And that that's not intimate. That's a That's a user mentality. What can I get? And a lot of times we jump right in with, uh, I don't have time for it, or I haven't talked to you in a long time, but I, uh, uh, my granny is sick, or uh, I just lost my job and I don't know how I'm going to pay my bill. I Give me my daily bread. And Jesus didn't start with that. It's crucial to us, but he did not start with it. He started with God. He started with all the things that we have already talked about that are so important because before we can speak our needs, we gotta know who we're asking. We gotta, we gotta trust who, who we are asking. So give is a, is a huge word here. And it also does something to our pride because one of the things that keeps us from asking is, I'm I'm pretty proud of the fact that I can take care of myself. I don't need to lean on a ew leaning on people. That's so weak, and oh, I don't want to do that. Be dependent on somebody. I'm proud. I can stand on my own two feet and and pull my something about pulling your bootstraps up and put it on your big girl panties and or big boy panties. Sorry, guys. Um, I I don't need any help, and we're proud of that. But what is a different form of the word proud is pride. And what does God want? What is, what is Jesus saying here? Be humble. You, you gotta, you gotta swallow some humble pie to get to the point where you say to somebody, in this case, to God, give me. Give me because I don't have, and I need this. And so would we consider 
That every time we say give or forgive us or lead us not, that we're like, I can't do this on my own. But you're never going to be comfortable with saying, I can't do this on my own until you know the one that you can depend upon, which is why you always start with God. That's, that's where we're always going to begin. So I, I will just, I will just leave that with that and let that set. We're going to move on to us and our. Now at the, at the very first word, the very first week that we talked about, it says our father, not my father. Jesus was including us in side by side with him. Sure, he's my father, Jesus said, but he's our father. And that, that take that to an even deeper level. And it was our as in, I don't get to be exclusive. I don't get to decide who's in and who's not. It's not, it's not my, it's a way bigger job than you want to have. You and I do not want to be God. And so deciding who's in and who's not, that's his job to look at the heart. We can't see people's hearts. And so that's his job to know, do people, do people mean it? But for us, it's our. So, hmm, is that why it says us and our here? And I think it says us and our here because it says give us today our daily bread. And a part of that is going to be a reminder to us. Everybody on here, everybody everywhere, we'll, we'll just stick with just, just bread right now. We'll, we'll sort of say food. Everybody needs to eat. And so... Jesus did not want us to get to a point where we were going to start to pray and give me today my food and, and be compartmentalized. The need goes across the board. Now, if we're to move away from the idea of food to anything else, we all need. And so it, if we can remember that, that's going to start to help us not be so prideful in, no, 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 I'll, I'll do it myself. I catch myself still doing that. I'm, I'm sure probably most of you all do too. And I'm not telling you to just ask everybody for everything all the time. That, that, that's not what this is, but this is for sure with God. But then it translates over with each other. Well, one of the things we need to remember is the people that don't have enough to eat today. You know, I don't, I don't like to think about, uh, in other countries, um, when they, when they show the, either the adoption videos or the, um, children starving in other countries, um, and, and there's, there's children, and adults starving in this country. So it's not like they're not here too, but that, that is a tough one. And I think by saying us and our, it's a reminder to us. We all need our daily bread. We all need our daily bread. I, I'm not going to go into any kind of guilt thing to you or, or a, a mission calling or anything else because I, I don't know that Jesus is going there. But I do know that he's saying, remember, 
that the whole world needs to eat. And I can't, I can't, I don't have the capacity monetarily or any other way to feed everybody in the world. But if God asks me to do one thing, just one thing, for one person, for one time, I'm going to do it because give us today our daily bread. It's a reminder that we are, that we are bound together. And so, no, he's not asking anybody to do everything. But if you can do one thing, do the one thing he asks you. Now, now don't not hear me here and say, I've, I've got to go figure out, I've got to go start up this or that. He didn't ask you to do that. But learn his voice by getting to know him, by having intimate prayer life with him. An intimate relationship where you're just talking about everything. And as you're talking about everything, you're going to learn his voice. And then when his voice speaks and gives you something to do, go and do that. You don't have to be on a guilt trip and say, well, I have to go do everything now. Or I have to do this every day for it. If he asks you to do it every day forever, then he'll give you the means to do that. But if he asks you to do something... Don't, ah, oh, no, ah, oh, that's, no, I can't do that, or that would be weird, or I would, uh, you wouldn't believe the weird things he's asked me to do. Do that. Do what he's asked you to do. And remember us an hour. Okay? I'm going to land a little bit longer now on the, uh, the, the last two, the today and the daily, because I, I just, I just love that. Um, I didn't really catch that until I've never taught the Lord's Prayer. I mean, I've I've done a little bit of study on it, but nothing in depth like this. I never really thought about why did he said today and daily? I mean, it's just a it just seems like over overkill almost because it's supposed to be. He he is trying to get us to a particular thing here. And and I think one of the things he is doing is again, scripture being um it goes together. It flows. It's not choppy. Okay. It's not just because we don't know everything that's in here. And a lot of it seems foreign to us. There's a, there's a flow to it. There's a, things go together. So one of the things give us today, our daily bread takes me immediately back to the old Testament. So we're going to get, we're going to take a field trip. So put something again, I'm going to as well. But something right here in Matthew, because we're going to come back. We're going to go way, way back. We're going to go to Exodus, okay, second book of the Bible. So it's going to be near your, pretty much your beginning. Exodus, we're going to go to chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. And this is a principle. God was trying to teach something to the Israelites way, way back in the day. You know, they... uh Moses had brought them out of captivity. Well, God did it through Moses, brought them out of captivity in Egypt, and they're wandering around in the desert, and they're what? They're hungry. They're like, give us this day our daily bread. But they didn't say it that way. They grumbled, and they're like, we're hungry. And so let's look at this passage, and then we'll see how, oh, Jesus, I'm, I, of course, he he was thinking about this. Um, so I'm going to read verses one through five, and then it goes a little bit deeper. 
We're going to stay in chapter 16, 1 through 5, and then I'm going to do thir verses 13 through 20. So here's 1 through 5. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, and after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community grumbled, we're hungry, hangry, grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. How quickly they forgot that they were beaten and they were slaves. It, that, that makes it sound like they, like they sat around and people brought them stuff to eat all the time. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. What a verse that is. I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Anybody else being like, oh, I wonder how many times that's happened to me <laughs> and how many times I haven't passed that test. All right, so let, let's expand that out. Let's jump over to verse 13, still in chapter 16. That evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. That was a, that was a measurement back then. I did not look up how much that is. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who had gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, there's always a however. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. So here we have, um, they're hungry. They wanted meat. They wanted bread. And so he sent these birds down. They just, I guess, flew into the ground, the quail. And then this, this stuff appeared in the, in the morning and they, they, um, could pick it and, uh, pick it off the ground and, um, grind it into a flour and, and make bread with it. Now, and that word is manna. So you're probably have at least heard of that. Oh, yeah, I've heard of, yeah, manna. I've heard of that before. Um, and manna really in Hebrew, is uh where they say i'm trying to find that verse oh uh, in verse 15 what is it that's what manna means so they were going manna or however the, whatever the pronunciation of it is what is it 
And they, they didn't know exactly what it was, but they said, here's the, here's the lesson from God. And here's the same lesson here. I think that Jesus is going mm-hmm, mm-hmm, today and daily. I wonder if they'll pick that up. Give us today our daily bread, just like we I was trying to teach the Israelites way, way a long time ago. I was, I was trying to show them to trust me. Trying to show them to trust me. That's what I wanted them to do. Only take enough. And so some of them did, and then some of them didn't. They took more than they needed. And they, and and it, he said, you're not going to be able to keep it. And so when we, when we go from that, we're going to flip. So you can go right back to, uh, we're, we're done with that little passage right now. Go back to our Matthew 6 passage when it says, give us today our daily bread. When Jesus said that and he put that into that prayer, he was thinking back on that and going, "If I will my people pass the test this time? Will they trust me to ask for what they need today? And so the idea of today and daily is to, we have a tendency to either think way back, do that a lot with, with guilt stuff and thinking about, oh, I, I wish I hadn't done things that way, or we're way too future oriented. What's this going to be like? And I don't, what am I going to do a month from now? What, what's going to happen in a year? What's going to happen? And and we, a, a lot of our lives in the present are missed because we're we're either looking back or we're looking forward, and we're not looking at Jesus today. And so when he says today and daily in the same sentence, I said, oh 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 Jesus, you you're trying to tell us to be present. Now, and when you carry that over to prayer, what do I need to pray about today? What do I need today? And, and we, we don't do that. We're, we're going to get to that in, in just a minute. I got a little story that I'm going to read you. Um, and, and we don't, we don't do that. We like to, think way forward if we if we've got a vacation down the road somewhere we're like you know i'm just thinking about that i'm skipping over all the other things we want to jump from mountaintop to mountaintop we do it with our calendar but we also do it with our with our spiritual life we want the high points i want to be up on the mountaintop uh, picking daisies with Jesus. That's, that's, that's the expression I use to, to cover that whole thing of having one of those, uh, super drippy Jesus moments. Man, I, I love those. But we were never meant to hop from mountain to mountain. And so we've had one. It's like, uh, I can't wait till the next one. And so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push everything that's today and daily out of the way because it's just so humdrum and it's like, pfft. I gotta do laundry. I gotta do, you know, all this doesn't matter. I want to get to the next mountaintop. I think what he's saying is 
the most ministry you're ever going to do, the most living you're ever going to do is in this present moment. And it's not going to be on a mountaintop. What are you going to do with all of that time? You could be having an intimate relationship with me. Or you could just be blowing past it. So I, I, I think he's really keying in here on today and daily. And he's putting those in as components of a, of our intimate relationship or our prayer life with him. And so what, what are we doing about today? And are we ignoring the whole day? Are we paying attention? To, to little moments or if we're on, if we've been on a mountaintop and we're looking way, uh, we're looking way over there. We're just going to blow past everybody and everything until we get to the next mountaintop. I think part of what he's saying that this just kind of downloading to me right now. A lot of our, a lot of our spiritual mountaintop, we're like, I'm just going to live Sunday to Sunday. That's going to be my mountaintops with Jesus. The rest of the time, I'm just going to go live my life. Next Sunday, oh man, it was so good yesterday. Mm, mm, mm. And I'm going to be there next Sunday and I can't wait. I'm just going to jump to that. And what about the six days in between? What about today and daily? Is Jesus here right now? Is there something for us in the here and now? So I I think that word is, is pretty important. Now, he talks about this in a different way, and, and there's a word that I specifically haven't said because we're going to go on another field trip and it's going to get covered in this one, but I think it goes along with this part of the reason, especially looking forward, but, but looking back too. So we're going to, we're going to stay in, uh, Matthew. We're actually going to stay in chapter six. This is, this is the Sermon on the Mount. This is B- Jesus' big teaching on what is it going to be like to be, uh, in this new covenant with Jesus. And here's our instructions. Here, here's how to live the Christian life. So all of chapters five through seven, which is the Sermon on the Mount, the long version, there's a version in Luke, it's shorter, but the long teaching is in Matthew. And we're going to stay right in that. So we're going to stay in chapter six and we're going to pop over. Let me look to verse 25. So chapter six is probably only going to be a page, might be on the same page for some of you. We're going to go to verse 25 uh, through 34, okay? Matthew 25, or Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And if you have headings above your little sections, some Bibles have that. Mine has one. It says, do not what? Do not worry. So if we go back to this this verse that he that he gave us, and I'm, oh, am I... My notebook turned off. Hold on. I'm coming back. Um, he's saying today. What do we worry about? Are we thinking about today? Usually if we're worrying about something. We're, we're looking back. Oh, I, sh- oh I, 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 I hate that I did that. Oh, I just messed everything up. Worry, worry, worry. Or I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I don't know if this is any of this is going to work out. And what do we do? So listen to Jesus teaching again here, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink. 
or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? I'll stop right there. And if you're somebody that underlines in your Bible, I'm going to suggest that you underline much more. Are you not much more valuable than they? What does this go back to? Um, love your neighbor as who? As yourself. And so as you start to learn and have an intimate relationship with Jesus and you learn you're much more valuable than the birds of the air. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Stop right there and ask yourself that question. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? If any of you have been able to do that, uh, please uh, contact me as soon as we're done Bible study because I want to know how you do that. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not, oh, there it is again, underline it again, much more clothe you, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. There's a good word to underline first. Again, lining up scripture. It's the same. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things today and daily, I added that in, will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about when, tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And each day has enough of good of its own. Don't miss today and your relationship with him. Not every day. I, I, uh, uh, flipped through Facebook at like 5.30 today. I had a little time before this was beginning. And I thought, I'll just flip through and see, you know, what, what everybody's been up to today and whatnot. And I saw somebody uh, put a post up that said something to the effect of, um, it's the Mondayest Monday of any Monday, of any Monday, um, I'm just done. And that was their whole post. And I was like, wow. So Monday isn't total. And I get that. I mean, people have, people have rough days. It's, it's not that. It just kind of struck me that if your day isn't going that great or there's not something super exciting happen that you might just go, I'm just done with it. And you, you just kind of shut down. And you, you, you tune out. 
You go, well, tomorrow's another day. I'll, I'll try tomorrow. Or gosh, uh, Friday, you know, it'll be the last day of work for the, for the week for, for some of, for some of you. Um, perhaps. And you're like, oh, I get to do this or I get to do that. And so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna zone out the rest of this week because I have something to look forward to this weekend because today's been the Mondayest Monday of any Mondays. And so I'm, I'm just done. And how many times in the middle of a day have we said, I'm just done? And, and we just sort of check out. And, and I think Jesus is pulling us back here. He's saying way more than just talking about, cause he tells us right here, don't worry about these things, but he's doing way more than just Give us today our daily bread. And that we don't have to think about it again. I, I, I think he's saying so much more like, stay right here. I ha- I'm here. I'm in Monday. Even if it's the Mondayest, I, I, if I say Monday too many times, I must, uh, uh, it's the Mondayest Monday, even if it is. Guess who's in the Monday? Jesus is right here and he's going, don't. Don't just throw away the whole day. I didn't promise you tomorrow. I promised you today. Are you going to love people well today? Are you going to love yourself well today? Are you going to love me well today? And then daily, which means, well, I did it on Sunday and Monday. Well, I'm, I'm gold for the rest of the week. No. Daily means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day. And he's, he's in them and he has moments for us and he has things to say. But when we say, I'm, I'm just done. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I think he's saying a whole lot to us. Because Jesus was like, oh, don't, don't just read the words and go on. Don't just mumble that prayer every Sunday and never think about it. I'm telling you, ask today for, for me, for, for my presence. And I'm going to be right here and don't worry about tomorrow. Now, am I saying you should have a handle on this and no one's ever going to worry? I think we all do. At certain times, we we just do. Here's your here's your here's your step to do with that. When you catch yourself doing it, stop. Stop. Tell him, okay, Lord, I've gone way too far ahead. I'm thinking way too far down the road. I'm I'm thinking about too many things. Okay, and pull back to what he's telling you right here about having a relationship with him today and daily. Today. Stay in today. Stay here with me. Stay here with me in today. All right. Um, and, and finally, we're going to get to bread. And, uh, of course, bread is going to be the, the common thing that's spoken of here, but we could think of that as food. But I, I want us to think of it as more than that. Um. Not that the Bible is a fill in the blank, but there's a lot of places where uh, you could insert your own name, but you could also insert, give us today our daily what? What, what is it you need today? And I, I will, I will give you the number one. The number one thing you need today is Jesus. 
You need him today. Give us today our daily Jesus. Give us today our daily what what is it that you need every day. And I think where we've gotten as a as a society and and th- this is going to poke somebody. This is going to step on somebody's toes. It it did mine. I have too much stuff. I'm always getting rid of stuff and I still think I have too much stuff. I would I would love to have just a, a very few things. Um we all have too much stuff. And so I think about why why do we do that? Why do we have so much stuff? And I think about that we like to be um we like to be indulgent. We live in a society that's very indulgent. Um, but we want it, it goes back to that need. We want to take care of ourselves. I want to have everything I need. I want to be prepared in any situation for anything. And, um, I'm going to read you a story. And when I read it, it stepped on my toes. And so it might step on your toes in a, in a, some little part of it. This was, um, a different used bookstore that I went to. And I, I got this book that it was called, uh, Bread and Wine. And, and so that, that title just, you know, pulled it out, uh, and looked at it. And it, it was a, it was a study for Lent, which is the, which is the liturgical church season leading up to Easter, preparing to remember, uh, Jesus. And there was a story for every day. And this was one of the first stories in it. Now, I didn't plan ahead, and so one of the books that's holding up my <laughs> uh, my phone here is the book I need to read out of. So I, uh, if I'm wobbly here, I'm getting two other books to put there. I'm back. Okay, so I'm just going to read the. It, it's um, it's a, it's a it's a stinging little story. It's called uh, Living Lent. Uh, by Barbara Cawthorn Crafton. I, I don't know who she is. Um, but I think it'll, it'll sort of set up where, where we need to think about this a little bit. So if it steps on your toes, it stepped on mine too. So just, I didn't write it, but I felt like I'm supposed to read it. So here we go. We didn't even know what moderation was, what it felt like. We didn't just work. We inhaled our jobs. Sucked them in, became them. Stayed late, brought work home. It was never enough, though, no matter how much time we put in. We didn't just smoke. We lit up a cigarette only to realize that we already had one going in the ashtray. We ordered things we didn't need from the shiny catalogs that came to our houses. We ordered three times as much as we could use, And then we ordered three times as much as our children could use. We didn't just eat. We stuffed ourselves. We had gained only three pounds since the previous year, we told ourselves. Three pounds is not a lot. We had gained about that much in each of the 25 years since high school. We did not do the math. We redid living rooms in which the furniture was not worn out. We threw away clothing that was merely out of style. We drank wine when the label on our prescription said that it was dangerous to use alcohol while taking this medication. They always put that on the label, we told our children when they asked about this. We saw that they were worried. We knew it was because they loved us and needed us. How innocent they were. 
We hastened to reassure them, it doesn't really hurt if you're careful. We felt that it was important to be good to ourselves, and that this meant that it was dangerous to tell ourselves no. About anything. Ever. Repression of one's desires was an unhealthy thing. I work hard, we told ourselves. I deserve a little treat. We treated ourselves every day. And if it was dangerous for us to want and not have, it was even more so for our children. They must never know what it is to want something and not have it immediately. It will make them bitter, we told ourselves. So we anticipated their needs and desires. We got them both the doll and the bike. If their grades were good, we got them their own telephones. There were times coming into the house from work or waking early when all was quiet when we felt uneasy about the sense of entitlement that characterized all our days. When we wondered if fevered overwork and excess of appetite were not two dishes of the same coin or two sides of the same coin or rather two poles between which we madly slalomed. Probably yes, we decided at these times. Suddenly we saw it all clearly. I'm driven by my creatures, my schedule, my work, my possessions, my hungers. I do not drive them, they drive me. Probably yes. Certainly yes. This is how it is. We arose and did twenty sit-ups. The next day, the moment had passed. We did none. After moments like that, we were awash in self-contempt. You're weak, self-indulgent. You're spineless about work and about everything else. You set no limits. You will become ineffective. We bridled at that last bit, drew ourselves up to our full heights, insisted defensively on our competence, on the respect we were due because of all of our hard work. We looked for others whose lives were similarly overstuffed, and we found them. This is just the way it is, we said to one another on the train, in the restaurant. This is modern life. Maybe some people have time to measure things out by teaspoonfuls. Our voices dripped contempt for those people who had such time. We felt oddly defensive, though no one had accused us of anything. But not me, not anyone who has a life. I have a life. I work hard. I play hard. When did the collision between our appetites and the needs of our souls happen? Was there a heart attack? Did we get laid off from work? One of the thousands certified as extraneous? Did a beloved child become a bored stranger, a marriage fall silent and cold? Or by some exquisite working of God's grace, did we just find the courage to look the truth in the eye and for once not blink? How did we come to know that we were dying a slow and unacknowledged death? And that the only way back to life was to set all of our packages down and begin again carrying with us only what we really needed. We travail. We are heavy laden. Refresh us, O homeless, jobless, possessionless Savior. You came naked, and naked you go. And so it is for us. So it is for all of us. I read that little story, and I was like, wow. I, I... We live in a society that says, um, fill your house up to overflowing with everything you can possibly have. Fill your closets up, fill everything up, um, so that you have everything you need or everything that you want. 
And this is going totally against the grain of, of what this is saying here. Give us today our daily bread or our daily whatever. Now, what I'm not saying to you is, is she saying that we have to like grocery shop every day for what we need every day? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying you can't have everything. I just, I just told you I have, I have stuff. I'll leave my little office here full of all kinds of stuff. But are our lives so full of stuff or so full of bread that we don't have to ask him every day? Are we trying to be independent? Are we conforming to what society says and what society does? Well, everybody else has it. Everybody else is doing it. Um, I, I want to fit in with everybody else. And I think here we're looking at, if we go back to the idea of bread, now, Jesus could have said any number of things here. He could have said uh, meat. He could have said uh, water. He could have said um, uh, uh, clothes. He could have said all kinds of things. And, and he said bread. And I think because he had already been thinking about the manna, remember what manna was when they spoke in Exodus. Bread from heaven that has come down. And so I think Jesus here is, because that was a foreshadowing in Exodus. The manna, the bread that came down, was a foreshadowing of Jesus to come. And Jesus being the bread from heaven that has come down. Let, let's take our last field trip of the night. Keep something right here in Matthew, because again, we're going to come back. But let's go back over to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. John chapter 6, uh, we're going to go to verse 32, John 6, verse 32. I dropped my pen, so I'm going to get it. All right. John 6, verses 32 through 40, Jesus talking here. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, oh man, can you imagine being there and hearing him say this? I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall not that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. I think Jesus saying here, give us this day our daily bread. 
is a reminder to choose him. And when we have so much bread, so much bread, because we just stuff our lives like that story. I, I was thinking as, as I was reading that and I was imagining and I was like, wow, sitting there and, and lighting another cigarette. I, I mean, I don't smoke, but lighting another cigarette when there's already one in the ashtray. And how much does that symbolize our life? I already have one, but why not start another one? Why not get another one? Because then I'll never be in what? I'll never be in need. I'll never have to ask because that's just too painful of a place to be because I'm driven by my pride. And I think Jesus is saying, because to me, I, I thought it was weird that when I first read this, I'm like, why did he not put the, uh, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins. I was like, ah, I got all this stuff hanging on you. I need forgiveness. Why did he put that one before this one? Because we, it's another one of those decisions we got to make. We got to come to the place where we're like, am I stuffing my life so full or my calendar my stuffing my calendar so full, my closet so full, my refrigerator so full, my body so full, my garage so full, whatever it is, am I stuffing it so full that I don't need the daily bread of Jesus? I don't need the the bread that came down from heaven. He said, I am the bread of life. And I don't know about you. Yeah, I do. Well, yeah, I do. I was going to say, I don't know about you, but for me, but I do know about you. We do need our daily bread. But do we have room in our life, in our daily, mundane, everyday things, daily and today, to say, I need the living bread. I, I need what's going to fill all of me, not just my belly, not, not just my ego, uh, not just, you know, my any of those other things, but we have filled our life so full and we have made it so loud. We have no room for silence. We have no room for Jesus. Sure, we make room for him on Sunday or tonight at Bible study. But what about when there's nobody driving that train? What about Tuesday at 3.15 in the afternoon? Give us today our daily Jesus. You see, he's, he's telling us some things that are way beyond the ordinary of how we would just read that and be like, oh, yeah, give me something to eat. We do need something to eat, but we need nourishment. You can eat little Debbie's all day long and you're not going to have any nourishment. You can buy boxes and boxes and boxes of those, but you're not going to have any nourishment. You can fill your day with all kinds of stuff and dream about what's going to happen on Friday because it's the Mondayest Monday ever and I'm just done and I'm going to check out until... The next time where I feel like I'm going to be on a mountaintop. Or you can say, okay, today was a Monday. 
But Jesus is the bread. And he, he's telling us, he's like, I want to have an intimate relationship. Let me in these deepest places in you and come into the deepest places of me. And it will still be the Monday as Monday. But you won't be just done with it. Because I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. And I will fill you up. You don't have to worry about those things. And that is a very important thing to learn and understand before we ever get to the part about asking him to forgive our sins or deliver us from the enemy. we got to know some things and we got to have some things. So the first part that we've talked about the first two weeks was knowing about this God, putting him first. And now it's saying, okay, it's not just a one-time thing knowing about him. I got to have him every day. I got to have him today. In every minute of today. So we're close to running out of time. So we're going to add, what do we get from this one verse? Verse 11, give us today our daily bread. What relationship truths are there for our list? I'm not going to go over the the ones already I did at the, at the top of the session. Um, you can go back and listen to that if you don't have those. What is what is Jesus telling us that we need for this intimate relationship with Him? Here's the there's three of them for tonight. Here's the first one: need Him. Need Him. Now you may be saying. Well, gosh, Chris, I know that I need Jesus. You can say, I need you, Jesus, in a, in a cover everything that's not very personal or what? Intimate. But if you get down deep into the deepest intimate parts and you let Jesus in there and then you say in those places where you're like, I don't want anybody else to know, uh, the things that I fear. And the things, and I present this out here, and so I can say out here, yeah, I need Jesus. Boom, boom, done. Just like I need daily bread, done. But way in the intimate parts when you go, I, I, I need you in this part. In every little part that I'm insecure, that I'm afraid, that I'm, whatever it is, need him. You want to have an intimate relationship with him? Need him. Second one for tonight is trust him. Chris, you're, you're going from hard to harder here. Need him and trust him. If we're going to ask him today for what I need today and not jump into, but, but I don't, you're asking me to share my bread with somebody today. You're asking me to do this today. I'm like, I got a bill next week and I don't know. I got to hold on to that. Because we, we don't trust. We, we have jumped and worried about tomorrow. And I'm, I'm not saying to be frivolous. That's why you got to ask God everything. You got to ask him, what is it you want me to do? You don't just, you don't just on your own say, well, I'm going to be super Christian. I'm going to give every penny I have away. And I'm not even going to think about it. He can ask you to do that. And if he asks you to do that, he's already had the provision 
in place for that. But you got to trust him, which means you got to stay in today. So every time you get way out there and you're like, but I'm worrying about what if I, what if I get sick? What if I this? What if it rains on my vacation? Oh, I'm doing it again, Lord. Today and daily. Give us today. I can't, I, I can't gather all the extra of you, Jesus, and tuck you under my bed. Just like you can't do with the manna. He's like, I'm going to give you everything you need today. I'm going to be everything you need today. But you're going to have to wait till tomorrow to ask for it again. So you need to need him. You need to trust him. And then finally, you need to be balanced by him. You need to be balanced by him. If we can stay in this current moment with our eyes on Jesus, you're perfectly in the middle. You're balanced. And, and when you're having a, a, uh, and, and I do, I can swing way out of balance. I have to, I have to be very careful of that because I can, I, I can be all over the place sometimes. But the center point is always going to be Jesus. And so if I am every day, daily going, oh, you're, you're the bread I need. I'm, I'm going to carve out. I've been stuffing my heart full of so many other things. I've been trying to buy stuff to, to, uh, fill that. I've been trying to get, uh, other people to think I'm really great uh, to fill that. If I would just really let you be the bread and fill it, then I would be balanced. Because that's where he is, perfectly in the middle. And that's what he wants to do. So be balanced by him. And you can only do that if you're doing it every day. Our relationship with God is not about a once a week thing. It's not about a, I'll go to every Christian concert. I'll go to every event. But the rest of the time... I told you it all see how this all fits together and last week I said you have to choose you can't serve two masters you you can't he said you can't you have to choose and now you have to choose every day which means you have to yield every day and then you have to choose every day and it's ongoing just like that. And I think he, what he is saying here beyond that, of course we need food. And of course we need stuff. But I believe he is saying, give us this day our daily bread. It's you, Jesus. It's always been you. It's always going to be you. Why do I forget? Because we are the most forgetful. And we have to remember and remember and remember. And to do that, you have to do that every day. It has to be ritual and you got to make room. you got to make some other stuff has to go. If you want the bread of Jesus to fill you up, the bread of life to fill you up, then something else has to go. There, there's just, just, I don't have more than 24 hours. You don't either. Choose over and over who you're going to serve. Who are you going to keep your focus on? Who are you going to need? Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to get your balance from? Let's pray.
Jesus, you knew that people were going to pray this prayer and that people were going to try to learn from this prayer. And you wanted to say so much in a few words, and you did. I'm sure there's more than I'm aware of. All you ever wanted to do was give yourself to us. Over and over and over every single day, there is not a day that we have to say, I'm just done with today. Because you're never done with us. And you never give up on us. And we so easily check out and want to handle it on our own. Lord, would you, would you show us this very day, this very week, that we can need you? That we don't have to be afraid of that. We can put all of our eggs in one basket, that we can need you and trust you. And if we do those things, then we will really find our balance in you. Would you show us more this week of who you are? And for this day, would you give us today, Lord Jesus, our daily bread? We love you and we praise you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.